Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, Jim Richards here. I want to welcome you to Impact Cyber Church, where you go to church with the whole world. And I am not exaggerating when I say that. Impact Cyber Church is in every country of the entire world. Man, you're talking about a dream come true. You know, when I had the vision to do this years ago, to reach the entire world with the gospel of the kingdom, not just any gospel, with the gospel of the kingdom, honestly, it was all vision and faith and not a whole lot of reality, not a whole lot of substance. But you know something, and, and, and I can't take a lot of personal credit for this other than just saying you just get up every day, you follow God, you keep walking in the direction that you know God's leading you. And it's amazing how you look around one day and say, man, you know, we're, we're doing what we desire to do. You say, well, why are you telling us this? You know, we want to get into the message. We want to hear what you got to teach. I'll tell you why I'm telling you this, because I want you to know this works for you. You know, if people were not so quick to just shift from one thing to another thing to another thing, you know, get discouraged and give up. You know, the Bible talks a lot about patience and endurance and, and long suffering and, and, you know, and, and staying steadfast till the end. And I'll tell you something, our, you know, our immediate uh, gratification demand society pretty much says, you know, I'm, I'm going to have faith for about 30 minutes. And if I don't see the results, I'm, I'm going in another direction. I'm going to do something else. Well, I want to tell you something. So many of the wonderful aspects of kingdom living uh, occur through a process of time. Uh, the, the promises are already ours. God's, uh, do, you know, He's doing everything He can to bring these promises into our lives. And we're just having to walk with Him because so many things that we want to have happen in our lives involve other people. You know, we, we got somebody in, a, in Chicago, a wonderful woman that I just love. Her name is Abby Lopez. And, and Abby is, uh, uh, she translates our programs into Polish. She, she puts, you know, uh, uh, the, the words in English are in Poland, Polish at the bottom of our broadcast and, and it goes into Poland in, in their language. And, um, you know, and so we are the top Christian program in all of Poland on both of their networks that have uh, uh, Christian broadcasting and, uh, and on YouTube, as far as I know. I saw a thing the other day where she posted one of our programs, and in two minutes, we had 129 viewers in Poland. That is just incredible. You say, well, why are you telling us? Well, several things. Number one, I want you to know, it's not just what I do that makes this work. You know, I, I've got my role. I know what my role is. I am committed to my role. I give myself to it. But man, I've got people around me. We don't have a huge staff. And a lot of some of the, this is my staff. And some of this are just people out there that just love what we're doing who make it possible for this to go into all the nations of the world. But you know what? There wasn't an Abbey five years ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago that was doing this, that made this possible to go in this country. So see, so many things that you're wanting to have happen in your life, they're going to involve 
other people. And God's dealing with other people. And, the, you know, they've got to yield. They've got to walk with God too. So all that to say, you know something? Man, if you've got a dream, don't give it up. If you've got a calling or a passion, don't let it go. You don't have to force it to make it happen, and it doesn't have to happen today. You just get up every day, walk with God, and like I say, and you'll look around one day and go, well, you know, here we are. It's happened. And it didn't happen by the sweat of my brow. It didn't happen because I'm the smartest guy in the room. It happened because I'm following the, not just the smartest person in the room, but I'm following the smartest being in the world. Now listen, today we're going to be talking about drawing near to God and to people. You know, I've decided to call this series Making Divine Connections. In other words, how to make emotional, meaningful emotional connections with God and with people. And what we fail to understand is the exact same dynamics that work in us drawing near to God are the same dynamics that work in us being able to draw near to people. In other words, it takes the same thing to have a bond with God, an emotional connection with God, that it does to have an emotional connection to other people. Now, last week we talked about the word that means to give. And in the, and in the Hebrew root word, it would be N-T-N, because there are no vowels, as you know, in Hebrew. So, so this would be pronounced like Natan or Nathan. And we talked about how this is one of these words that is pronounced and spelled the same way frontward as it is backwards which represents the idea that, that, that this is a continuum, that, that is not just about something moving in one direction or something giving is not just about something that comes from me out to the world, but it has something to do with what comes back to me. And so, so in this continuum of giving, we realize that giving... Uh, this continuum of giving, it works based on the law of sowing and reaping. You know, in the law of sowing and reaping, reaping, you cannot reap. In other words, you can't get something back unless you sow. Now, many people have taken this in the area of finances and stretched it and, you know, use, use this in ways I think are not totally ethical, even though they're not totally wrong, but they're not totally ethical in taking up offerings and making you feel guilty and this sort of thing. So, Because, you know, sowing and reaping financially is more than just what you give financially. It's about your beliefs about it. It's about your attitude about it. So there's, there's other factors. So I'm not trying to get an offering out of you. That's not, well, that's not what this is about. But, but you just have to understand, it is totally bizarre to think that you can get apples without planting apple seeds. It's totally bizarre to think you can get corn without planting kernels of corn. It's totally bizarre to think that you can grow watermelons without planting watermelon seeds. You have to sow the kind of seed that you hope to reap back in fruit. And if you don't sow the seed, then there will never be a harvest that'll come back to you. Now, we're living in a time with pop theology that tries to make us believe that the laws of sowing and reaping are somehow legalistic, that they have something to do with earning something from God. That has nothing to do with earning something from God. It is just built, it is one of these universal laws that is built into man and how the heart of man works and how we interact in the world that's around us. You know, for years, probably 30 years, in teaching about 
uh, prosperity and, and success, I've taught this principle, and I just first saw this uh, in the book of Corinthians when Paul was talking to the Corinthian believers about, you know, uh, about giving to his ministry and, uh, and, and then about prospering, how God loves a cheerful giver, and, and he talks about, you know, sowing and reaping. But, but he says something really interesting in there. He talks about, you know, when you're seeking all of these, the grace for all of these other things, he said, make sure you seek or excel in this grace too. And he's talking about the grace of giving. And I realized something in there. I realized that so many people that I knew that were teaching about prosperity and success, and I knew what they were teaching was kind of corrupt and kind of off balance. But see, Paul doesn't say that if you want to prosper, that you need to start seeking the grace to prosper, that you need to be believing God for prosperity. He says you need to be seeking God for the grace of giving or the grace of generosity. Because you see, if you get the grace for generosity, the receiving almost takes care of itself. So it's very important that you understand this about this law of giving. Because I want to, and remember, we're, we're talking today, and this may take a, a couple of programs, we're talking about drawing near to God and to people. You say, what has giving got to do with this? Well, let's talk a little bit about the sacrifices. Now, I, I want you to understand something. All truth has its roots in the first five books of the Bible. And because we have rejected the first five books of the Bible as being valid, because we don't understand that that scripture and that all of the new covenant is based in that scripture, uh, we don't study it, we don't understand it. And most of the time when we read the Old Testament, we read it in a very legalistic concept. But uh, all the types and shadows of everything in the new covenant are understood when we understand the Old Testament scriptures. Now, the sacrifices, we have been taught that the sacrifices basically were legalistic. The sacrifices were where you took something to God and, and basically you were giving. And, and so giving and sacrifices go together. And that's why I wanted to remind you about the giving before I jumped in this thing about sacrifices. So we realize then that, that giving a sacrifice, this is a continuum of giving and receiving, but, but there's more to it than, than we've ever, ever been taught unless you've studied Hebrew or studied with, with, with people who understood these concepts. So sacrifices were never, ever, ever given to move God or to get or to provoke a response from God. The people that have taught us that they, they clearly don't understand the book of Leviticus. They clearly don't understand the character and the nature of God. They clearly don't understand the heart. And I'm going to tell you something. Until you can get your doctrine back to how it works in the heart, it's just doctrine, it's just information, and you really don't know how to bring it alive or activate it into your life. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means you got information that's not turning into life and power. So the sacrifices were, were brought when people in their own heart needed to connect to God. Now, the sacrifices did not bring God 
closer to man. This is really important to understand this. God was a holy God. He was uncommon. He was unlike all of the other gods that the pagans worship because those gods required sacrifices to appease their wrath and their anger and to try to find ways to convince them to connect with you and convince them to be kind with you. God, on the other hand, was a God of love and he initiated uh, this connection with us, but he provided the sacrifices because remember, faith without works is dead. And doctrine that is not experienced in your own life is dead. You can believe, you can know the doctrine of healing, and that's a dead doctrine to you, that's dead faith to you if you don't experience it because you're going to die. You can, you know, you can know the doctrine of, of prosperity and success, but if it's, if you're not experiencing that in your life, that's dead to you. It means nothing just because you have the information. So, <clears throat> so, God created man and he provided the sacrifices so that people of faith, people who trusted that God was who he said he was, people that trusted that God wanted to be near to his people, that if they, whether it was sin in their life that they, that they needed to experience a cleansing from, whether it was, uh, uh, whether it was just feeling distant from God, God said, I'm going to make a way that's going to influence your heart to the degree that you can connect to me. You can feel connected to me. You can restore that deep inward connection. Now, the word sacrifice comes from a Hebrew word uh, that most of us know as korban. You remember in the New Testament, Jesus was talking about, about people who, who took uh, the traditions of men and the teachings of men and exalted them, you know, above the word of God. And he used the example of, of a person not providing for their parents because that money that, that they were, that they could have used to help their parents, like the word of God told them to, they said it was Corbin. Now, most people read that word Corbin, have no clue what it really means. Well, the word Corbin is the Hebrew word from which we get the word sacrifices. And the word Corban means to, to draw near, basically. And so uh, uh, the, the word sacrifice itself is a word that says, or that, that implies that the presenter is drawing near to God that the presenter is doing something to reconnect with God. You know, there were what they call free will offerings. And, uh, and that, those, these are English words. And the free will offering, you know, was, was an offering that, uh, you know, the person hadn't committed sin that they needed to repent of. Uh, there wasn't like a problem. There wasn't any uncleanness in their life that they needed to take care of. But they just wanted to draw near. You know, that's sort of like, like the husband that, that, that is out and, and running an errand for his wife. And, you know, it's not Valentine's Day. There's no obligation. It's not a birthday. It's not an anniversary. 
But maybe, and, and you know, this happens to me. A lot of times I'll be, I'll, I'll run an errand for Brenda and I'll be walking through the grocery store and I'll look over there and I'll see some a beautiful bo bouquet of flowers over there. I like that the grocery stores have, have flowers. And I'll, I'll see something and I'll think, you know, man, this would be so cheerful for her. This beautiful bouquet of daisies here in the dead of winter, you know, uh, uh, or big colors that she likes. Now, I'm not doing that uh, really to get her to respond to me. I'm not, I'm not doing that to earn something and I'm not doing it out of any obligation, but I'm really just doing it because in my heart, I want, I want to connect. In my heart, I, you know, I don't feel distant from her. Now, some, sometimes you do those things because you feel a little distant. You feel like, man, I haven't done anything to, you know, to connect with my spouse. Well, you know, that's the whole idea, like a free will offering. Uh, that, that'd be like saying a free will, a free will draw near. In other words, you didn't need to do this. You weren't obligated to do this. God didn't ask you to do this. But you know something? You just want it to do something to connect to God in your own heart. Now, when doing an act of kindness, in other words, when giving to someone, or making a sacrifice for someone, here's one of the things that we have to understand. Now, God loves us with perfect love. God never leaves us. He never fails us. He never forsakes us. But the Bible tells us in Colossians, the first chapter, the 20th and 21st verse, how that we get alienated from God in our own mind by our wicked works. Now, that doesn't mean our wicked works have made God move away from us. You know, in the Old Testament, it said your sins will separate you from God. And, and you know, so we bring into the new covenant this concept. And some people say, see, if you sin, God departs from you. The Holy Spirit leaves you. No, that's, that's not at all uh, correct on the, based on the new covenant. God doesn't leave us. He doesn't fail us, uh, fail us. He doesn't forsake us. But... My thoughts, my behavior, the way I treat other people, all of these things can affect my sense of connection to God. Now you say, well, how could that, uh, how could what I do to somebody else affect my sense of connection to God? Remember, giving and receiving are a continuum. So if I'm giving out rejection to other people, not only does that raise the possibility that that person may reject me back. But it also means that the sense of rejection is going to come back to me. And I'm going to feel distant from people. And I'm going to feel distant from God. And if I do this enough times, if I do this long enough, I'm going to start having a continual sense or an abiding sense of rejection. you got to remember this. Listen, your life is like your garden, and in your garden, you're planting seeds, and every seed bears fruit after its own kind. So if I am planting seeds of rejection, and, and, and they're going to grow up in the garden of my life, and the fruit that's going to come back to me, whether people are really doing it or whether it's just in my imagination, is going to be rejection. If I'm planting seeds of cynicism and criticism and, and fault-finding and unkindness and hatefulness and unforgiveness, th th this is going to grow a crop that's going to that's be the fruit that I'm having to partake of. This is going to be the fruit I'm trying to live off of. And like it, don't like it, pray about it, don't pray about it, it doesn't matter. You know, that doesn't change the kind of fruit that's going to grow back into your life.
And so the problem becomes, that's how I start seeing the world. That's how I start experiencing the world. And it's not God doing it to me to punish me. It, it, and even if people aren't really doing it, I'm going to feel like they're doing it. But the truth is, you know, Luke 6, 38 tells us, it says, give and shall be given to you. And in the previous verse, it talks about giving judgment, you know, or giving mercy. Uh, you know, whatever you're giving to people, it says men are going to give back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. They're going to, it's what they're going to give back to you. But here's the deal. You know, Jesus said, with the measure we meet, it's measured to us. So even when I measure this stuff out, that's how things come back to me. That's why little statements that people make will make you feel rejected when they're not even trying to reject you, but it makes you feel rejected. That's why you read things into and see things that aren't really there and you get offended and hurt at other people and think that they're, that they're, that they're making, you know, some kind of snide comment about you or they looked at you funny or they, you know, or, or they, whatever. It's coming back to you because that's the measure you measure out. And whether people are intend for, for that to happen or not, that's what comes back to you. But the problem is that becomes the way I start seeing and reading life and understanding and feeling things. So the problem is now I'm starting to feel that from God. Now, God's not doing that. That's happening because of the condition of my own heart. Well, see, once you get in that cycle, it's like if you feel like people are rejecting you, then you start rejecting them even more. You start planting more seeds of rejection, more seeds of criticism, more seeds of selfishness, more seeds of unkindness, because you think you're paying those people back. You think you're protecting yourself, but all you're doing is planting more and more and more of what you don't want in your own garden. Hey, listen, if you will, just take a minute right now and like this program if you're watching on YouTube. If you're not watching on YouTube, go to YouTube, look up our YouTube channel and, uh, and like this because this makes it possible for people all over the world to hear this channel. It helps me help people. Now, one of the things that you want to realize is this. When you give something to someone, we realize by the word give, by what it means, and we realize by the word Corbin and what it means that when you do something for somebody else, it does not necessarily change how they relate to you. It doesn't necessarily make them feel closer. In the case of God, it doesn't draw him any closer. It doesn't make him love you anymore. No sacrifice other than what Jesus did, has ever made God come closer to us. Now, but what happened when those people would bring those sacrifices the, in faith, the way this would affect their heart was they would renew their connection to God. And I'm going to tell you something, even under the new covenant, even though we're born again, even though the Spirit of God is living inside of us, this is still a heart thing. And we still need to have living faith, not dead faith, not faith that just says, okay, this is it. God loves me. So bam, I see it. You know, no, we have to do things to engage our heart so that we experience this drawing near and falling in love with God. Now, I want you to understand something. We think, I'm going to bring this down to the personal level here for a few minutes. And, and let, let me mention, and, and you know, I, sh I always share about the series that you can get because you know what? The series has 
hours of teaching and hours of exercises and details that you can do that I don't have time to do in this broadcast, but you're getting this broadcast for free. And when you purchase one of these series, a couple of things happens. Number one, you make an investment in yourself. But number two, you, you make it financially possible for us to reach more people around the world. And 85 cents out of every dollar of every purchase that you make goes into us reaching and helping more people. So you may want to check out my series on uh, divine connections because this is all about how to have divine connections with people and with God. So be sure and check it out. So listen, we tend to think in our daily life that if we will do more for someone, they will love us more. Well, you know what? Now, if that if that's a godly person, uh, they probably will value us more because that's the core of what love is is value. So yeah, they may va- they may begin to recognize and have more value for us. But if this person is, is selfish, self-centered. Uh, if this person isn't maybe all, all that godly, then the real truth is uh, all that we do for them may not in any way endear them to us, but we think it will. But here's the problem. You see, based on the meaning of the word sacrifice and the word give, when I give or sacrifice for someone, I start getting more bonded to them. I start having more value for them because because now I have a vested interest in them. I'm putting something of value into their life, and because I'm putting something of value into their life, their life becomes more valuable to me. And the sad thing is, see, most people are subjective Thinkers, they, have, they use subjective logic, and 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 subject. There's nothing totally wrong with subjective logic, and there's nothing totally right about objective logic. But you've got to have both, and you got to know when to use both. You see, my feelings have nothing to do with reality. My feelings, my emotions, are just telling me what I'm experiencing at this moment, and then I have to go to the Word of God to see if what I'm experiencing really is true or if it's based on a lie, if it's a godly thing, or if it's just just an emotional thing. So the problem is, we start doing things for other people, and we start getting more bonded to them. We start having more value for them. We actually start falling deeper in love with them, whether it's friendship love, whether it's romantic love. And because of subjective reasoning, we think, well, if I feel this way, then obviously they feel that way. And so we close our eyes to reality and we convince ourselves that our feeling is their feeling. And I want to tell you something. This is a road to a broken heart. And we're going to talk about this uh, in, uh, next week. We're going to talk more about how this happens with, with our jobs, how this happens with our spouses, how this happens with our children, how this happens with the person that we're dating. It causes us to end up marrying the wrong people, thinking that there's this incredible love bond when there really isn't a love bond. But here's the thing I want to close with for today. I want you to realize, see, God already gave the ultimate 
gift for you and to you. God gave something of such eternal value to him, the life of Jesus, that that was his draw near offering. That was God giving an offering that drew him to his creation with a love that could never, ever, ever be moved. Now, that doesn't mean we're ever going to partake of that love. That's our choice. It doesn't mean we're ever going to appreciate it. Because remember, just because God loves us doesn't mean we love Him. doesn't mean we're going to give it back. It doesn't mean we're going to have a relationship. It doesn't mean anything other than the fact that He gave us this crazy, wild love, and it drew Him to us. So when you do something to give to God, I got news for you. That love, that drawing near to Him always meets with something that's real and pure and life-giving and godly. And I'm telling you something, you want to do that. Now listen, be sure at the end of this program just to take 10 seconds if you're watching on YouTube and subscribe to this YouTube channel. Share these programs with your friends. I want to tell you something, this is incredible stuff. And also, don't forget, I, I just got to be sure and tell you, remember on April the 28th, last Saturday in April, we're going to be having a Hebrew uh, uh, study day here called Conversations with the Heart of God. Be looking for it. I'll be giving you more information. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.